Okay, here we are. And tonight's topic is what's hate got to do with it? <laughs> with a tip of the hat to, to Tina Turner, right? Um, with, or apologies to probably is there's better, better way to put it. So I, I thought it'd be kind of fun to just talk about how um, uh, the course, it's, it's really one of those basic topics in the course, but boy, it, it goes so deep um, because if we really watch in our mind, the unconscious uh, stuff is there under the surface. I, I, was, I was thinking, actually, I was walking back from the post office this afternoon, which I discovered was closed. And, and I was noticing how I hate to forget that <laughs> things, things are closed. <laughs> but I still enjoyed the walk. But, um, but then I was, I was noticing where um, about a block from here, um, a power pole uh, caught on fire, or a transformer water caught on fire a few months ago, and they had to replace it. And they they redid the the fence and everything. And then and I was thinking, well, I wonder when they're going to underground the utilities. And um, and then I, I was thinking about, you know, well, what's what's really underground is really, you know, the, the hidden hates and the and the secret sins. And you can, there's a number where they, where they say, you know, call before you dig. Have you ever seen those? And you, and you call the number and then the, the folks will come out with the, the Kansas spray paint and, and mark, you know, phone lines and power lines and water lines and gas lines and all that stuff. And I was thinking, well, that's kind of like the stuff that's in our unconscious that the course helps bring to the surface. And it, it, it sort of like we, we get the little color coded, oh, this is, this is envy, this is resentment, this is, this is you know, uh, out and out rage or whatever, <laughs> but all, all those things that are really right underneath the surface, but we just have to notice the contents of our mind by noticing how we feel. And then the, you know, the Holy Spirit helps us do that all the time. So anyway, um, you know, so I, I just think that, you know, the underground stuff is, is uh, you know, where we need to just look at all the stuff that's happening there and, and, not judge it. So, so I made a little, a few notes here about uh, uh, A Course in Miracles classroom is all about undoing the hatred we have for ourselves, projected out as hatred for everyone and everything, in order to reach the real unchanging love. With a, a thank you, Tim, for a, a great class the other day about the changelessness <laughs> that we're all returning to, and, uh, and and that's the yeah the unchanging love is really what we really want to remember, um, and that's what's beyond the ego's prison of special love, uh, which I oftentimes put in parentheses infatuation, and then when that facade fades and our tolerance and patience for getting um, our alleged needs met um, uh, wears thin, then that becomes special hate or insinuation. So we go from infatuation to insinuation, from special love to special hate, right? <laughs> so, uh, so the Holy Spirit asks us to merely look without condemning or hating our decision-making mind at ego's insane use and practice of condemning and hating the entire dream it made up, but doing everything possible to avoid admitting any responsibility or complicity in that imagined decision and its sub subsequent projection. So... That was sort of my quick summary of, you know, that the course's uh, view of, of how we just need to keep looking with Holy Spirit's help at all the things that um, are kind of, in fact, I brought up the, the wheel of misfortune. <laughs> and I was thinking about all the things that are the, the, the icons, if you will, of special love and special hate. Uh, I'm just going to read some of those off uh, around the chart that this is what Jeff Siebert did that uh, 
we've used here in the School for Course in Miracles. Time, money, uh, the course itself, food, technology. I had a little, little forgiveness opportunity today when I discovered my my uh, solid state drive needs to be replaced on my computer. <laughs> uh, weather, uh, death. Let's see, what do we get? This um, uh, sports, uh, viruses, uh, holidays like Christmas, and then of course the biggest one is others. We got transportation, shelter, politics. You know, you pick pick your pick your favorite favorite uh, item of the moment for the special love, special hate. But I like to think of them as like little coins that are flipping around moment to moment. They're like, they're like little shiny objects in the ego's, um, you know, viewfinder that keep us endlessly distracted and diverted from, from looking at the real contents of our mind, which is the unconscious guilt. And of course, hate is just a, a very classic variation of that unconscious guilt, right? Which is all unfounded, but we don't see that until we go through the the uh, th three steps of forgiveness and, and uh, first seeing that uh, I'm not upset for the reason I think it's not about those special love hate things uh, that seem to be outside me and all those different categories and, and variations of those we just rattle off uh, and um, and neither is it about the unconscious but unfounded guilt that I made up that I am blaming on myself but usually that's even a little below the surface there like the underground <laughs> utility map there that the course is helping us see that, you know, it, with a little bit of help, um, Holy Spirit knows, knows where to dig and we don't have to dig very far. <laughs> we don't need a backhoe. <laughs> Usually a hand trowel sufficient. Uh, we can find what's going on there. So uh, interestingly enough, I, I, I did the numbers game on, on the words love and hate and a bunch of others that are kind of related to hate. There's 1,594 instances of love in the course, but only 166 of hate. Uh, and then I was thinking, well, however, <laughs> to get to the real love, the unchanging love, we have to look at what we made up, which is the constantly changing uh, in effect, but never in cause, um, hate. And, and, with, and so without identifying uh, with that hateful thought system, it's the only way we're going to get through it. And we need Holy Spirit's help for that. So this is a gradual process of gently, patiently observing all the subterfuge, deflection, blame throwing, name calling, and just good old fashioned avoidance and learning not to condemn or hate our decision-making mind as we realize there is another setting for that two position switch in our mind, uh, either Holy Spirit or ego's version of HS, which is hateful and spiteful. <laughs> so, and then I started looking at, at uh, some of the uh, instances. There's 53 instances in the course of hatred, um, which isn't that, that many, even though they're combined with the 166 of hate, that's quite a few. Even more, and these are kind of loosely related terms. Uh, pain, there's 325. Condemnation and or condemn, there's 154 instances of that. Uh, wrong, uh, <laughs> which is we, we hate to be wrong, right? <laughs> right, wrong, right? Uh, 96 of those. Um, so I, I put in the parentheses next to that is, is Holy Spirit is happily incorrect. Um, glad, glad to be wrong. Uh, or if we let uh, ego abuse it, uh, you know, the wrong, the other sense of the word wrong is an offense or crime or injury. 
So, but it, it, in, in either case, it's we have one or two thought systems to choose. And if we use Holy Spirit's uh, version of wrong, we get to be happily incorrect. And it's, it's a correctable error with Holy Spirit's help. But if we use um, the ego's version of wrong, it's like, okay, there's an injury that happened. It's real. I'm making a big deal about it. And it's that big deal meter <laughs> that gets pegged whenever, whenever we notice that there's something that uh, we're just not, not willing to let go of. Um, so the next one, uh, again, I think grievance really, I looked up hatred in, in a thesaurus online and grievance wasn't in there, but it seems like it's just so closely related that I found a, a few that were related to that. And they, they kind of interweave. There's 93 instances of the word grievance, 52 of sorrow, 40 of upset, um, 39 of cross. And I was thinking, well, there's there's a double entendre there. You can either be angry or uh, it could be the the, the cruise of fiction. We're, we're cruising for the fiction, right? <laughs> there's a, there's our, the cross that we bear as, as, as ego wannabes all the time. Uh, and then there's another word that was uh, in the synonyms that I found was case. And I was thinking, well, the, the, the kind that applies here is we like in a courtroom battle. Uh, there's 29 instances and there's probably quite a few of those have to do with that, that uh, you know, make, making a federal case out of whatever, right? That's, that's kind of how one of the ways that ego works with hatred to, to keep us forever divided. And then just, to, I guess, just to back up a little bit, um, you know, I, I think it goes without saying, but it's probably good to, to always remind ourselves it's always and only about the mind. And, uh, you know, hatred only and all the other ego thoughts and emotions only work in a dualistic thought system because there has to be an object to, to hate. And in fact, the course says hate is specific, right? So even if it's a specific thing, like uh, I specifically, you know, want it to be warmer or, <laughs> or for, you know, the political system to change or, you know, it doesn't have to even have to be a specific person, but uh, there's always some specific that some part of the dream that we want to change. Um, a few more words, then we'll get into some examples. Injustice, 26 instances in the course, 23 of distress, 12 of objection, 12 of unhappy, uh, 12 of injure or injury, nine of irritation, nine of violence, eight of outrage. <laughs> We're having fun yet? Uh, eight of spite, seven of grieve, six of trouble, and six of trial. I put them in kind of descending numerical order here. And this one, uh, this first, this, I just, one of my favorite uh, parts of, or instances of the word trial is uh, uh, from chapter 31. So if you wanna, wanna read along with me, I'm, I'm just gonna read uh, three paragraphs. And this is in page 666 to 667, right toward the end of the, the text. And again, you know, the trials that we, we seem to face are basically projections of that unconscious hate slash guilt slash uh, grievance, you know, that whole complex of, of ego stuff that, that says, I pulled off dividing perfect oneness into these, these parts, and now I'm upset with some other part uh, until, we, until we apply the, the, uh, the fifth workbook lesson and say, I'm not upset for the reason I think. 
uh, and then again with Holy Spirit's help, jump to 34 and say, and I could see, and I could see peace instead of this. So, any comments or questions so far, Dave? So, um, you you uh, keep mentioning with Holy Spirit's help, and and I'm just wondering what what is your method? What is your how do you relate to that? Um, mostly just notice how I feel. If I'm not at peace, then it's like, okay, I need to switch teachers again, <laughs> which is, which is pretty much a many, many times per day process. If I, if I'm really paying attention. And, and to do that, you just ask for, ask for guidance or, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I'm sure everyone has a, you know, unique set of things that kind of get us back into that frame of mind, but, uh, yeah. Uh, there, um, well, maybe this isn't the place for, for discussion on that, but uh, some, some people just observe their thoughts. And um, I, I was just curious, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Okay, sure. Maya has something. Maya? Yeah, um, yeah Bruce, I have a question. Um, could you repeat what you said? I didn't get it to write it down fast enough. You said the trials we seem to face are the projected out parts. And then I, in turning pages and stuff, I, I uh, you know, you went on, I didn't catch it. Do you, can you recall what you said? Mm, if I listen to the recording, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could do that too. Okay, no, I, don't, I don't recall exactly what I said, but. but uh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I just figure, you know, any, anything where I'm not at peace, is I'm projecting somewhere, right? That's, yeah, yeah. I did, you know. I just figure that's a given. Yeah. Okay, thanks. When you were when you were going through the list of words, um, one of the one of the two words put together that I realized were impossible is to be happily right. I can't be right and be happy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, damn. <laughs> and, you know, like, like, and then, you know, the opposite, I can be happily wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's the only way I can be happy. Exactly. Just realize how wrong I am. Yeah. It was like sitting with that one was a trip. Oh, and the other one was uh, the ego is really a hateful spirit. I mean, it's kind of intangible yeah. outside yeah. of time and space, but. I mean, instead of, you know, we go, we move from the hateful spirit over to the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Exactly. And we become, I mean, I mean, in, in essence, we, to whatever degree we identify with the ego, we become that hateful spirit. Yeah. And there's yeah. tons of horror movies about hateful spirits. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that actually brings up a good point, Tim, because I think the ego wants us to stay fixated on the body. But if we re realize that we're, even, even when we're in ego mode, you know, it's, it's really the mind that's choosing uh, to be hateful uh, or not. And then, and that's, but, but that's where we actually have a choice. You know, if we're, if, if we're, if it's the form that's doing it to us and we're, we're, you know, stuck in thinking that it's backwards, you know, then uh, the locus of control is, is outside me somewhere and I, I can't do anything about it. But if it's back in my mind, back in spirit, mind complex, then I can do something about it. Yeah. And then going back to what Dave and Dyke asked, how often do we access the hateful spirit? We don't even try to access the Holy Spirit. <laughs> We're just accessing hateful spirit, yeah. the demon inside of us. <laughs> yeah. 
and that's kind of on automatic most of the time, unless we're paying attention. I mean, really, I mean, I mean, Anybody else notice that too? <laughs> I, I think that's why, you know, the course emphasizes that it's mind training. It's like, you know, if I can notice throughout the day, and I think that's where these are early workbook lessons, you know, they start out with, oh yeah, do it, do it a few times a day. And, you know, oh, and by the way, if you happen to notice you're distressed in any way, or there's not, you know, uh, any compromise to your peace, you know, it's like, you might want to practice the lesson then, which, you know, if we're honest, it's like, yeah, pretty much throughout the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, unless we make the new default with a lot of, a lot of, a lot, a lot of practice, uh, choosing the Holy Spirit's, you know, remedy to the unconscious hatred, the unconscious guilt, uh, you know, that's, we're going to kind of be working in the what's in it for me uh, at the expense of everyone else. And, you know, the separate interest paradigm and the, and the, you know, the, the unconscious sin, sin, guilt, and fear stuff. Right. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just thought this this uh, Bruce Lynn had something. Oh, Lynn, Lynn Altman. Had Lynn something. Altman. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciated the reminder about um, it's really it's the mind that we're dealing with because what happens to me is I get so caught up in the circumstance that's causing me the discomfort mm -hmm. <clears throat> that I I get I caught get caught in it and then I get mad at myself for getting caught in it. Mm -hmm. And and that just kind of keeps me that getting mad at myself keeps me keeps me right in there with the outside circumstance. Mm -hmm. And I had the experience, um, again, the political field is where I'm getting most of my mileage these days. Um, <laughs> just you know, looking at the future and, and uh -huh. Uh -huh. um all of the stuff that I could imagine going on. And I, I realized that I was, um, you know, I was that idea that I'm making that up. I'm making it how I see it. And I just, for a second, I just said, you know, I would like to see this differently. It was just, yeah, I didn't even yeah. use those words. It was just like, you know, I think it might be better if I stopped deciding what it is. And um, nothing much happened. I went about my day and I noticed just like a couple of hours later, I was feeling peaceful. Uh -huh. I, a couple of things kind of came my way through email and stuff and I didn't have the reaction that I did. And I, it was so, it wasn't a formal plea with the Holy Spirit to do something, to, but there was just that moment of, you know, maybe there is another way of seeing it. And I let go of how that might be. I didn't need anything to change. I didn't need me to change or anything else and it was just it was such a lovely experience and so I've been kind of just playing with that and today with the lesson you know trying to keep forgetting to do it different times and I thought you know what if I just ask to be easy with myself when I forget mm -hmm. it's just there's an ease about that yeah that um and it's it shifted again everything it was like I, I got myself out of the picture of judging what I'm doing right or wrong or what anybody else is judging right or wrong. Anyway, I just wanted to share that. It was really helpful. That is that is really helpful. Yeah. And a moment ago when I was laughing, I was, I was only because I, I totally identify with, you know, and I think probably a very few people probably this last year have, you know, escaped getting caught up in 
not only political divisiveness, but just just kind of just noticing how much we want to divide everything. I mean, it's not like just this last year or anything. It's it's or the last four years, or the last forty, or the last four thousand. You know, it's it's really that's the whole nature of of the two thought systems. Is is one is completely um, you know above the battleground, and and like like you're saying, when you tap into that, it's like oh yeah. I don't have to, you know, uh, berate myself for for being for the resistance. Um, and then when you when you stop doing that, it's like, oh, then it's easy, huh? <laughs> or, or a lot easier anyway. And 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 there's there is an ease and there's sort of a grace that happens. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's really helpful. So and and and, and the point that you made is like it's not about the external circumstances. Uh, it's always about the choice of the mind. So, so I'll just go ahead and read. Uh, this is uh, paragraphs, uh, uh, let's see, five through seven on page 66, 666 and 667 in the last chapter in the text. Trials are but lessons that you failed to learn presented once again. So where you made a faulty choice before, you can now make a better one. And I'm going to pause just for a moment to, you know, kind of like to tie into what you're just saying, Lynn Altman, is uh, that, you know, here, here it is right at the almost the very end of the text he's saying you know we're going to need to keep doing this <laughs> so don't feel bad if if you notice throughout the day that the, it just happens over and over and over and there's something that in one of uh, um, Jeff Siebert's uh, uh, foundation for Course in Miracles classes recently I, I listened to that really just kind of hit me solidly and, and it was like you know we're not going to be free of uh, ego until you know the top of the ladder in, in the course and, and it's like it's so to expect that we're uh, just, just suddenly going to have nothing but peaceful thoughts uh, is, is really unrealistic but we can we can have more and more peace by um, doing what you were just saying is is noticing that we do have a choice of what we're what we're thinking and just watch the ego's ticker tape go by and not identifying with it and if i if we can identify with it less and less and less i think that that seems like that's kind of the the mechanism that is being uh, prescribed here <laughs> to see to see less and less identification with it going so, back to that um well what lynn was saying and also what you were saying before about i i can't believe i never heard that before about cruising for fiction I mean, that, that is really good. <laughs> Where have I been all my life? <laughs> well, well, I have I have my own personal version, which is Bruce of fiction. So that that I, I, I get to personalize it, too. So I, I try, I try to, to not take myself too seriously and then use that as a reminder. So. And, and the problem is, I mean, we're, we're cruising for trials all the time. Oh, but yeah. we, we don't know their fiction. I mean, that's yeah. that the, I there's the rub. If I knew yeah. there were fiction. You know, even if I'm cruising for them, even if I'm making them up as I go, I don't realize I'm making them up. I don't realize they're fiction. Mm -hmm. I just want to make them serious trials right? that where I have to figure something out and I, somebody needs to pay for what they did, et cetera, exactly. et cetera. Yeah. But it, I don't think of them as fiction. I mean, no. it's a waking up to that. That, mm -hmm. it, that is keep staying stuck and believing that the trials are real mm -hmm. is the problem. They're not fiction. Because we want to make big deals out of so many little little feathers floating and dancing mm. in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
I'll start that over again. Trials are, are but lessons that you failed to learn presented once again. So where you made a faulty choice before, you can now make a better one and thus escape all pain that what you chose before has brought to you. In every difficulty, all distress, in each perplexity, kind of more synonyms for the hate and the grievances and, <laughs> and, and stuff, <laughs> A little tip of that to George Carlin, right? Uh, Christ calls to you and gently says, my brother, choose again. He would not leave one source of pain unhealed nor any image left to veil the truth. He would remove all misery from you whom God created altar unto joy. He would not leave you comfortless, alone in dreams of hell, hateful hell to that to, to be <laughs> precise, <right? laughs> but would release your mind from everything that hides his face from you. His holiness is yours because he is the only power that is real in you. His strength is yours because he is the self that God created as his only son. And that's, that's tag. We're all, we're all it when we identify with it. We're all that Holy Spirit's mind when we allow that mind to replace our ego. The images you make cannot prevail against what God himself would have you be. Be never fearful of temptation then, but see it as it is, another chance to choose again and let Christ's strength prevail in every circumstance and every place you raised an image of yourself before. For what appears to hide the face of Christ is powerless before... Oops, scroll there. Uh, screen just here we go um uh, lost my place where was it <laughs> okay uh paragraph four statement three there it is there it is yeah uh, powerless before his majesty and disappears before his holy sight the saviors of the world who see like him are merely those who choose his strength instead of their own weakness seen apart from him Thank you, Abe. <laughs> they will redeem the world for they are joined in all the power of the will of God. And what they will is only what he wills. Learn then the happy habit of response to all temptation to perceive yourself as weak and miserable with these words. I am as God created me. His son can suffer nothing and I am his son. Which is to say, I... I avoiding all temptation to see perceive myself as hateful right <laughs> okay thus is christ's strength invited to prevail uh, replacing all your weakness with the strength that comes from god and that can never fail and thus are miracles as natural as fear and agony appeared to be before the choice for holiness was made for in that choice are false distinctions gone illusory alternatives laid by and nothing left to interfere with truth so it just seems like, you know, that all the hateful thinking that egos, you know, love to hate. <laughs> and if we can just kind of notice that tendency and see how much we want to make big deals out of stuff, how much we want to, um, you know, fire up our blame thrower and, and <laughs> spray the blame out onto the world and, <laughs> and, you know, make it all about uh, the others that are doing us wrong. Uh, in, in subtle and not so subtle ways, it's like, if we can just kind of catch that and just say, do I really want the mileage that I think I'm getting from that? So, well, maybe not. So a, a few more words here. I haven't, I haven't finished my list of, of synonyms. 
Okay, enmity, there's five instances. And there were a bunch that didn't show up in the course. There's some off the wall kind of uh, sort of silly words too, but uh, some that we're definitely familiar with, like bother. <laughs> How many times a day are we bothered by something? <laughs> there's only four instances there. Hostile, yeah, sometimes we're out, outright hostile. Resentment or uh, resent or resentment, uh, there's four. Uh, injury. There's only three, but I picked one of one of uh, uh, the quotes there that I thought was pertinent here. This is uh, if you want to follow along. I'm just going to read three more paragraphs. This is from Workbook Lesson 198 on page 397. That's uh, Workbook Lesson 198 on page three or 379. I was slight, only slightly dyslexic there. <laughs> 379 is the page number. So. And this is the first three paragraphs. And let's see, we got injury is impossible. Injury, which is what we think is, you know, the cause of our hate, right? We, we think that uh, something outside us has injured us, or it could be something inside of us, you know, some, something in our own mind. We, we're, we're upset with our own ego. Uh, and yet illusion makes illusion. If you can condemn, aka hate, uh, you can be injured. For you have believed that you can injure, and the right that you have established for yourself can now be used against you. The right instead of the happy. <laughs> I have a double entendre on the word right there. Uh, Till you lay it down as valueless, unwanted, and unreal. Then does illusion cease to have effects, and those it seemed to have will be undone. So if we fight for our rights to be upset and to, to, and to have a, you know, a, a, a rightful victimhood and, and can point to the, the victimizer, you know, it's like, why would I really want to keep doing that? <laughs> and he says, then you're free for freedom is your gift and you can now receive the gift you gave. If we, if we give up the hate and the injury and the grievance, and then paragraph two, condemn and you are made a prisoner. Forgive and you're freed. Such is the law that rules perception. It is not a law that knowledge understands for freedom is a part of knowledge. To condemn is thus impossible in truth. What seems to be its influence and its effects have not occurred at all. Yet we must deal with them a while as if they had. So once again, the course meets us where we think we're at in the dream and says, okay, as long as you think that there's stuff in the world and there's other people and other things that are doing stuff to you, then we need all those specifics and we need to ask Holy Spirit to, you know, help us drag them, whether it's gently or kicking and screaming to the altar of our mind and just say, okay, let's set it down here under the close encounters beam and uh, forgiveness and with Holy Spirit's help, let's watch them vaporize together. So illusion makes illusion, except one. Forgiveness is illusion that is answer to the rest. Forgiveness sweeps all other dreams away. And though it is itself a dream, it breeds no others. All illusions save this one must multiply a thousandfold. But this is where illusions end. Forgiveness is the end of dreams because it is a dream of waking. It is not itself the truth, yet does it point to where truth must be and gives direction with the certainty of God himself. It is a dream in which 
the Son of God awakens to himself and to his Father, knowing they are one. So that's that's you know what happens when we are willing to take our our hidden hatreds and secret sins, and with Holy Spirit's help, notice if I'm not at peace, I need to drag whatever the specific is onto the altar of my mind, and you know give it to Holy Spirit, give give it to that awareness, and let that um, that light literally. Um, dissolve and vaporize the problem but we have to look at it and, and that's where the looking comes in oh and uh going back to that um first paragraph about rights um the right i've established for myself certainly as an ego um it it it, it hit me i i believe i have a right to be right mm -hmm. and i defend that right to my death I'm, I have a right to be right about politics. I have a right to be right about who the bad guys are. I have a right to be right about who I am. I have a right to be right about that. That's right, damn it. Yeah, defend my inalienable right to be right. Really? Dave? Um, you said um, that we, we need to take our, um, our, our hatred or whatever it is that we're dealing with to, to the altar. And then you said, but first we have to look at it. And I, I, well, with, with Holy spirit, I mean, yeah. I mean, in other words, it, it, we can't look at it without Holy Spirit's help. Otherwise we're just going to, you know, yeah. And, and I, I guess my, my thought was that um, if we, um, if we take it to the altar, we're already uh, looking at it, aren't we? I mean, we we're aware of, of what it is mm -hmm. and we're aware that we don't want it. Yeah. And I, 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 am I off base here or? Yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense okay. To me. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. So I found Dave, there's still, uh, Dave Dempsey. Yes. Oh, Dave Dempsey. Yeah. Just to expand on that a bit. When you say look at it, um, is it really looking at specifics or is it just trying to look at that it's coming from you? and not from the outside. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I found that I, I, I need the specifics to get, usually the specifics are the trigger, but very quickly, Holy Spirit says, you know, at least and not in words, of course, but you know, it's kind of like, okay, now, now we've, we've, we've established <laughs> that there's a the change of teachers needed. Now, now having you know used the specific to get back to that place in the mind where you've noticed the discomfort, whether it's a hate or a, uh, a jealousy or an anger or a, or a you know, depression or you know whatever, you know, we just we take the specific, and then that then that kind of it kind of you know the specific suddenly becomes sort of the background background right kind of the backdrop, but then the foreground is really I chose the wrong teacher. At least that's kind of how I imagine it. Thanks, that's helpful. Thank you. Yeah. I had this image of uh, when I'm, I'm when I'm in ego mode and I think I'm looking with my ego, I'm looking at hate hatefully. I'm I'm looking at hate with hate, hate. You know, it just it just compounds it ad infinitum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> looking at hate with hate. Cuz love is an ego is an ego's vocabulary, so it's got to look at everything from either suspiciousness to viciousness, you know, which is, you know, varying degrees of hate or, 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 you know, divisiveness or whatever you want to call it. 
but but hate is always always polarizing and it's always about you know like you were saying earlier Tim you know, you know make, who's who's the good guy who's the bad guy it's always in, in about you know dividing and conquering in one fashion or another and keeping separate right? yeah well there's a few a few more synonyms <laughs> getting down to the lower numbers horror there were 3 <laughs> Uh, three for damage, uh, two for affliction. I was surprised. I, I, I just went through this, this uh, thesaurus and I found one that was roar. There's actually two that have, were two places in the course that had the roar, the word roar. <laughs> I could find a few. And tribulation. This, here's a quick one. I, I won't, I won't, you don't need to go there because it's just a real short one. Um, I just found this quote that really nice because it's, it's kind of a, a helpful reminder. It says, in this world, you need not have tribulation, a.k.a. hatred, a.k.a. Any, any ego thought, right? Because I've overcome the world. That is why you should be of good cheer. So in other words, if we remember that, you know, Holy Spirit really does have the answer. And if we if really can, you know, turn over what's going on uh, to that awareness that we took with us into the dream, then it, it'll, it'll lead us back out of the imaginary labyrinthine cave that we thought we wandered into. And, and, uh, and we pull the, the ego's string that led us further into darkness uh, the other direction, then we work our way back to the light with in the opening of the cave with the Holy Spirit's help. Oh, here, here a couple more. That, uh, the one instance of loathe. <laughs> One of howl. <laughs> I, 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 I thought that was such a funny word. I, I, I looked up that reference. And um, it, it, it's a pretty, pretty hateful, uh, uh, you know, no, no mince words description here. Who sees a brother as a body, sees him as fear symbol or hate symbol, uh, alternately, right? And he will attack because what he beholds is his own fear or hatred external to himself, poised to attack and howling to unite with him again. Mistake not the intensity of rage, projected fear must spawn, or projected hate. It shrieks in wrath and claws the air in frantic hope it can reach to its maker and devour him. Well, that's good old insane <laughs> dualistic thinking, isn't it? <laughs> but that's that's the only thing it knows how to do, is just thrash around insanely and, and howl at the moon. <laughs> Uh, okay, back to the synonyms. There was uh, two for repelled, and uh, I, I grabbed both of those because I, I it's kind of a interesting. So here's uh, this is from the text section three. Uh, excuse me, text chapter three, section seven, paragraph two. Uh, this is on page forty-nine and fifty. Um, uh, you cannot resolve the authority problem by depreciating the power of your mind. To do so is to deceive yourself, and this will hurt you because you really understand the strength of the mind. You also realize that you cannot weaken it any more than you can weaken God. The, quote, devil, unquote, is a frightening concept because he seems to be extremely powerful and extremely active. He is perceived as a force in combat with God, battling him for possession of his creations. The devil deceives by lies and builds kingdoms in which everything is in direct opposition to God. Yet he attracts men rather than repels them, and they are willing to, quote, sell, unquote, 
him their souls in return for gifts of no real worth. This makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> Here he's spelling out the, the egos, you know, thinking in great detail and saying, this is, this is freaking nuts. <laughs> this, this is totally crazy. <laughs> Why would we want to do that? And then, and then of course, he's at every turn, he's, he's reminding us, it's like, you know, be gentle with yourself when you notice yourself doing that, you know, a whole bunch of times throughout the day and begin slowly but surely patiently to just gently laugh at yourself when you, you know, not derisively, not hatefully, but, but just with a, a very calm, gentle, kind of like what you're talking about, Lynn Altman, just that, just that, that, you know, letting yourself off the hook quality, right? Just noticing that, okay, I must've been hateful. I must've been afraid of the love that's behind the special love hate uh, tokens that keep spinning around. I must've been, um, you know, more interested in the resistance and being right and have my right to being right <laughs> then then and being hateful about uh you know everything that that seems to to uh, conflict with that you know uh and yet that's it, none of that makes us happy so we just kind of keep asking holy spirit for help um you know we we get we get that help and then the other one um that has that uh repelled work word <laughs> very familiar one from uh lesson 93 light and peace light and joy and peace abide in me and uh this is the first uh, the first uh, paragraph on page 161 lesson 93 you think you're the home of evil darkness and sin and you could throw in hate there if you want to <laughs> you know unabashed hatred right you think if anyone could see the truth about you he would re be repelled there's the word recoiling from you as if from a poisonous snake you think if what is true about you were revealed to you you would be struck with horror so intense that you would rush to death by your own hand living on after seeing this being impossible so i yeah i don't think any of us really enjoys uh, thinking of ourselves as, as being, you know, you know, consumed with hate, but that's, but that's everyone's ego. I mean, right. I mean, if we really kind of notice um, how much we, we kind of want to water that down and, and make it like, oh, well, yeah, it's just, just a mild hatred, a mild annoyance, but you know, it's, it's, it's um, intense furious <laughs> is what the, the mild annoyance is veiling. Dave? Um, I think it was, in Gary Renard's uh, first book, uh, Disappearance of the Universe, uh, I believe Arden and Persa defined, uh, or Persa, however you say it, uh, defined um, ego as self-hatred. Yeah. Yeah. That was really appropriate. Yep. It, yeah, it, it really is. Because it's, how could we, how could we love a self that we made up that we knew was in opposition in our dreams? <laughs> only <laughs> to the perfect oneness that we we never left but now we're devastated you know that we think that we've pulled it off you know how, how could there be anything but hate in, in that thought system and and but we don't have to look at that all at once we just have to kind of notice moment to moment throughout the day when am i not at peace it's like oh yeah yeah i could be peaceful in this <laughs> i could choose peace instead of this <laughs> What a what a concept! Oh, that's right. I, I have this course thing that I could I could practice more often. Yeah. Way back when um, when I first came to Denver and we started doing some presentations at the Rocky Mountain Miracle Center, it just happened to be 
I happened to be given one on Halloween. Yeah. And so I was able to go through and just all the metaphors for devil and the home of evil, darkness and sin and all the references to murder and, and, and all of them about, you know, the, our obsession with Halloween is that it's all out there. It's not mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. That the sin, darkness, fear and all that stuff isn't inside of me, but it's out there. The devil made me do it. <laughs> you know, the, the demons made me do it. <laughs> you know, p- people were killing each other out there in horrendous, horrible ways. But I mean, it was kind of fun, actually, just to look at all those references. But they were all pointing back at, at each of us that, that, you know, all that evil, darkness and sin was not out there. It was, it was made up inside of each of us. So that part wasn't so much fun, but just just using all the phrases, all the Halloween kind of phrases that are in here, multiple phrases about Halloween. (laughs) For sure. For sure. I mean, yeah, there's there's, you know, Jesus minces not very many words in his course when he comes to talk about the ego, because he wants us to see the contrast between the peace that's really behind the special love, hate, you know, insanity uh, and and see the you know the stark contrast between that and uh um you know the, the craziness that we made up and and realize that it's made up <laughs> yeah and it's not out there right yeah it's unconscious those are the two words that i use for unconscious uh, unconscious unfounded guilt it would also be unconscious unfounded hate so you know, unconscious unfounded um rage uh you know any, any of these words that, that have been rattling unconscious unfounded annoyance unconscious unfounded malevolence <laughs> so so here's 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 one for malevolence it is the malevolence of the unholy relationship so seeming powerful and so bitterly misunderstood and so invested in a false attraction your preference to the holy instant which offers you peace and understanding so you know we, we're malev- we our, our unholy relationship is 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 pretty mean spirit is pretty malevolent it's you know it's kind of like the Halloween adjectives you were talking about Tim it's like yeah but we like you like you were saying we we just have to remember that the ego um, wants the costume and wants wants the facade because you know once the once the the costume comes off and we see that well it's not about anything outside it's in my mind then it's like oh well that means i got to deal with it <laughs> yeah. and then there's this classic uh a line from workbook uh lesson 21 which is just a one-liner so you don't have to go there um with with the word annoy annoy in it which is you know kind of any, anything that's upsetting is is a kind of a form of hatred you will become increasingly aware that a slight twinge of annoyance is nothing but a veil drawn over intense fury yeah it's because there's no degrees there's no order difficulty there's no order of of uh there's no degrees or order of 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 magnitude in in insanity it's it's one little bit of insanity is completely insane um you know multiplying any number by zero makes it nothing. And so anytime we take the, the hatred, which is a zero um, and multiply it by that moment, <laughs> that we're saying our real being doesn't exist in that moment. And that's that's a pretty hateful thing. 
And then I was thinking about, and thank you, Tim, for pointing out this some some months ago that, that you know the law, the fourth law of chaos and the fifth law of chaos being the special hate, special love. So I, I thought that'd be appropriate to pull that in for for the fourth law of chaos, uh, you know, referring to special hate. So this is um, uh, pages 491 and 492 in the text, uh, chapter 23, section two, um, and paragraphs nine th through 11. So again, page 491 through 492 in the text, uh, the ego values only what it takes. This leads to the fourth law of chaos, which if the others are accepted must be true. The seeming law is the belief that you have what you have taken. And of course, we hate ourselves for, for thinking that we're ripping someone or something else off, right? So, but then the hate gets projected back out and it's this endless cycle of attack, defense, hate, attack, defense, hate, attack, defense, guilt, attack, defense, guilt, you know, pick, pick whatever <laughs> ego thought, you know, it, it all cycles around and, and perpetuates until we do the, wait, time out, stop, Holy Spirit. Help me, Mr. Wizard. <laughs> Give, let's, let's take a moment out, out of this, this, this vicious circle and, and stop and look at this craziness. Okay. So this seeming law is the belief that you have what you have taken. By this, another's loss becomes your gain. And thus, it fails to recognize that you can never take away save from yourself. And of course, that's not possible either, but that's the next step, right? The first, first we have to do the lesson five, then the lesson 34, typically. I mean, do, but we have to do both of them with Holy Spirit's help. Yet all the other laws must lead to this. For enemies do not give willingly to one another, nor would they seek to share the things they value. And the, to, to egos, everyone's an enemy. Everyone's a hateful um, opponent, you know, in, in the dream of separation, whether or not we recognize it consciously or not. But that that's, I think, what um, the Course leads us to is, is slowly but surely seeing how miserable we've made ourselves by hating ourselves and then projecting that hate word out to to everything in our dream and and letting the holy spirit show us that gently patiently without any you know condemnation and just say wow this is this is an incredibly whacked out dream that you you bought it to and and what what if you were to, to just kind of look at this and see that it had no effect on your real being and that the, the peace that's behind that is what you've always wanted and it's it's just been waiting there patiently and then it continues and what your enemies would keep from you must be worth having because they keep it hidden from your sight so then we get the keep the blame game going by by saying, well, you know, they're they're depriving me. They whoever the they is, whether it's a special love or special hate partner or a group of people or or a situation or whatever, it's you know, it's it's the circumstance, and we, you know we set ourselves up for for disappointments by making our happiness contingent on what happens and doesn't happen in the world. So. And all, all of the mechanisms of madness are seen emerging here. The, quote, enemy, unquote, made strong by keeping hidden the valuable inheritance that should be yours. Your justified position and attack for what has been withheld. And the inevitable loss the enemy must suffer to save yourself. Thus do the guilty ones protest their, quote, innocence, unquote. <laughs> What? Me innocent? No, I'm a hateful, hateful SOB, <laughs> says, shouts the ego over and over again, right? But not, not consciously, but that's, that's basically, you know, 
what's going on in the ticker tape if we're paying attention, right? It's like, wait a minute, why would I want to condemn myself of being hateful when there's an, another reality, another another identity that I could choose? Okay. Were they not forced into this foul attack by the unscrupulous behavior of the enemy, they would respond with only kindness. Ah, oh, if only. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of your, your Alan on salute again, Tim. <laughs> if, if only. <laughs> ah, but, but alas, yeah. But in a savage world, the kind cannot survive them. So they must take or else be taken from. Yeah, it's a cruel doggy dog world, right? And, and, but that's, that's the egos, you know, hungry dogs of fear, right? It's, it's, but there's another way of responding to things. Okay. And now there's a vague unanswered question, not yet, quote, explained, unquote. What is this precious, I'm thinking of Gollum, thing, this priceless pearl, this hidden secret treasure to be rested in righteous wrath? Isn't, isn't there a Peter Sellers movie where uh, he, he uses a phrase very similar to that, I think, as Inspector Clouseau? Anyway, uh, that's a, never mind. Rested in righteous, righteous wrath from this most treacherous and cunning enemy. It must be what you want, but never found. And now you quote, understand, unquote, the reason why you found it not. For it was taken from you by this enemy and hidden where you would not think to look. He hid it in his body, making it the cover for his guilt and the hiding place for what belongs to you. Now must his body be destroyed and sacrificed that you may have that which belongs to you. His treachery demands his death that you may live and you attack only in self-defense. So, you know, our hatred is our hatred and our, our vengeance is justified when we're in ego mode because we think that the world is doing it to us. And we've got umpteen reasons every few moments to, to justify it. So. But what is it he hid in his body? Well, it's really the guilt, right? It, but, but we, we think that we think that the the guilt and the hate is out there, and so you know we get to, we get to keep our innocence, something like that, right? <laughs> uh, but but then but then it occurs to us it's like if I'm projecting this hatred and this guilt and this fear, oh yeah, if it's going through my mind, that means it must be in me. Oh shoot! So there goes that ego theory down to drain. <laughs> but that's actually a good news because then then. After taking that first step with Holy Spirit pointing that out, we can take the second step and see that that didn't happen either mm. by using the specifics, right? Mm. So, so, uh, so we just need to, to uh, ask Holy Spirit to uh, you know the, do the call before you dig the eight hundred number and and look at our underground futilities uh, and. <laughs> And I, I just made a little comment here. The Holy Spirit will help us identify and vaporize the hidden hates and secret sins, uh, like the folks that spray paint the lines on the ground above uh, where those ego currents are running, sometimes just below the surface. So, yeah, so I thought it would be, be nice to uh, actually do today's workbook lesson um, because it really um, is sort of the antidote to all the, the hidden hates. Um, so it, any, any volunteers to to read some of the today's lesson, which is lesson number 46. Abby's got her hand up. You want to read a paragraph or two, Abby? And David Dempsey? Who else? 
Uh, Rebecca, okay. Maybe each, how about three paragraphs each? That's not good. 46. God is the love in which I forgive. God does not forgive because he has never condemned. And there must be condemnation before forgiveness is necessary. Forgiveness is the great need of this world, but that is because it is a world of illusions. Those who forgive are thus releasing themselves from illusions, while those who withhold forgiveness are binding themselves to them. As you condemn only yourself, so do you forgive only yourself. Yet although God does not forgive, his love is nevertheless the basis of forgiveness. Fear condemns and love forgives. Forgiveness thus undoes what fear has produced, returning the mind to the awareness of God. For this reason, forgiveness can truly be called salvation. It is the means by which illusions disappear. Today's exercises require at least three full five-minute practice periods and as many shorter ones as possible. Begin the longer practice periods by repeating today's idea to yourself as usual. Close your eyes as you do so and spend a minute or two in searching your mind for those whom you have not forgiven. It does not matter how much you have not forgiven them. You have forgiven them entirely or not at all. Before we go on, I was just thinking what, uh, what we could do is, is, is notice uh, as we're reading this, and I forgot to mention this at the beginning, is you, know, every, you could use um, the word hate instead of condemn or fear. Uh, um, so you know, as, you, as you hate only yourself, so do you forgive only yourself? So, and, um, you know, f f fear hates and loves forgives, you know, that, that sort of thing. So I was kind of doing that as I was reading through this this afternoon again. Yeah. Okay, David. If you are doing the exercise as well, you should have no difficulty in finding a number of people you have not forgiven. It is a safe rule that anyone you do not like is a suitable subject. Mention each one by name, my name and say, God is the love in which I forgive you. The purpose of the first phase of today's practice periods is to put you in a position to forgive yourself. After you have applied the idea to all those who have come to mind, tell yourself, God is love in which I forgive myself. Then devote the remainder of the practice period to adding related ideas such as, God is the love with which I love myself. God is the love in which I am blessed. The form of the application may be consider considerably, <clears throat> may vary considerably, but the central idea should not be lost sight of. You might say, for example, I cannot be guilty because I am a son of God. I have already been forgiven. No fear is possible in the mind of beloved of God. There is no need to attack because love has forgiven me. 
The practice period should end, however, with the repetition of today's idea as originally stated. So, so before we read the last one, and I was, I was forgetting there's only seven, <laughs> but, but um, I was thinking like, like for example, that, that, uh, that paragraph you just read with the italicized portion could be, I cannot be hateful because I'm the son of God. I have already been forgiven. No hate is possible in a mind beloved of God. There is no need to hate because love has forgiven me. You know, so I think it seems like it's it's handy to kind of equate a lot of the you know those related uh, insane thoughts and just and and then all the related sane ones and kind of use them interchangeably. So yeah, anyone have any comments on this so far? Well, then going back to uh, paragraph three, the last two sentences. It does not matter how much you hate them. Mm-hmm. You have you either hate them entirely or not at all. Yeah. Same yeah. deal. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Yep. Hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> so sobering, but it's a it's a good sobering, right? Because because when we kind of notice, you know, throughout the day how often we're just, you know, just even if it's just mildly you know, annoyed at something or a little bit bothered by something. You know, it's like, oh, there's the spray paint on the ground that the, the utility company, uh, you know, aka Holy Spirit, you know, spray painted for me. So I could I can just, you know, take a little trowel and not much effort at all. And just just, oh, yeah, there's the there's the secret sins and the hidden hates, you know, the, the thinking that I am this despicable me, <laughs> this little this little, uh, <laughs> you know, little monster that I, I think is is the home of evil, darkness, and sin, and then hatred, and just say, oh, I could forgive instead of this. You know? I, I, could, I could see that this, the real identity that's behind that, that Holy Spirit is, is gently leading me by the hand just to see, uh, is truly loving. Chris, uh, Chris Jansen. Had Chris, Chris? Uh, thanks. Uh, yeah, it is helpful to me, and thank you, because I I sometimes think, you know, we talk about there's just two emotions, love and fear. But oftentimes, I don't think of fear as, I, it helps me, it helps that you've broken down fear into hate or other other words like that because it's more specific. And I was just saying, yep, that, that does help. Uh, it helps break it down what fear is. And fear is the big category, but where did it come from? Yeah. Yeah, Thank exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, and and I and it, I think it's helpful to just realize that you know any thought that's that's part of the belief in separation is related to any other thought that's in that thought system, right? And and uh, you know they're they're all the same, and that's why you know the course really is about generalizing um, and you know seeing what works and what doesn't, and generalizing and just taking all the little sacred cows of, well, I, I, I'm willing to apply it in this area of my life, but not yet in this area. And then eventually, you know, with patience and with practice and, and uh, persistence, <laughs> gently, slowly, but surely, you know, taking all those sacred cows out of the, of the corral one at a time and, and uh, transforming them, you know, into places where we can apply instead of refusing to apply. Uh, the course is metaphysics. Yeah. So, Rebecca, do you want to read the last one three times? <laughs> Since I forgot there was nine. <laughs> How about just once? <laughs> once? Once is good too. Yeah, once is good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
The shorter practice periods may consist either of a repetition of the idea for today in the original or in a related form as you prefer. Be sure, however, to make more specific applications if they are needed. They will be needed at any time during the day when you become aware of any kind of negative reaction to anyone, present or not. In that event, tell him silently, God is the love in which I forgive you. Any thoughts about that one? Um, I just... I just love how he uh, says, oh, they'll be needed at any time during the day when you become aware of any kind of negative reaction to anyone present or not. Like, that's like, oh, yeah, you're going to need this every single second of every day, <laughs> because when we're honest with ourselves, that's that's our job. You know, that's what it, we do. Exactly. Yeah. And that that, I, that has really struck me profoundly uh, this, this last, you know month and a half or whatever now that we've been going through these early workbook lessons. I, I, I don't know why that didn't jump off the page as much as it is doing this year, but uh, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Anytime you feel the least little bit of upset, that's an opportunity to apply the course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think that line at the end of paragraph four, um, where we name names, uh, it goes back to how, do I generalize all this or, you know, like what you were saying, Bruce, is we kind of start with the specifics. We name names and that brings us back to the the kind of generic hate that's going on underneath everything. Yeah. Yeah. God is God is the love in which I forgive you. Name name the name. Mm -hmm. See the person. Name them. Mm. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, one way that we might generalize is is you know, starting with maybe I'm looking at part of my, my second monitor here, I've got the, the, the wheel of misfortune here. And I was thinking, well, you know, maybe we take, you know, a specific political instance or a sp specific politician. And then we pretty soon we say, oh, well, I could generalize this to, to anything that, that represents, you know, government or, or, you know, authority figures or, or whatever. And, and see how, if I look at my projections, I could then, see peace in all those situations not just in you know, a few that i've a few isolated ones where i've you know managed to apply it uh, or, or people that i think are affiliated with with the other side of the fence or whatever you know so there's just one um transportation you know may, maybe uh i i almost well i'll, I'll use a very specific example <laughs> from about two weeks ago i was uh driving back from california oregon and and uh there was a truck driver who decided to hit, that he liked the lane I was in much better than the one he was in. And uh, uh, I, I was very grateful that uh, um, I was able to avoid, <laughs> avoid doing a, a, a merge operation uh, with this, this uh, form engine semi truck. And um, just, just barely. <laughs> and, and, and I immediately thought of, I, I actually felt really fortunate that I, I immediately thought, okay, what, what do I need to forgive? And, but, you know, the instant, you know, for a few seconds, there was this, you, you know, deleted expletive kind of thing. <laughs> you know, there, of course there's that, but, but, but it but didn't last very long. I, I'm happy to report it. It, it wasn't, it, if it would have been a few years ago, it probably would have, would have been much longer. And, uh, and then when I, Finally, the adrenaline uh, subsided, and I think it was actually an hour or two later, I finally got out for a, a, a rest 
stop, I, I looked and, and um, the, the other car uh, that had actually, uh, on the other side of me, uh, that had actually um, just taken the rear view mirror and, and nudged it slightly. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I was like, yeah, I got off. I got off pretty easy. The 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 ages were work, working pretty uh, pretty solidly uh, that day for me. <laughs> so do so I so I guess I my, my generalization was, uh, okay. I need to forgive more 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 uh, you know more more in a more general sense. But then I also applied it on, on a very specific level. It's like. I think I need to remember not get in the blind spot of any of trucks <laughs> and be more conscious of that. But you know, so I applied it somewhat specifically in a level of form. But uh, but anyway, I was I was you know I, I think you know looking back at that though, I, I realized that I I actually did have a peaceful frame of mind within a few minutes, and it probably would have been a few years ago. I probably would have been far more shook up a lot longer. And and I think the adrenaline actually subsided a lot more quickly than it might have a few years ago. So, but you know, we can we can take it to any anything that that is happening or not happening, and because we can just get us just as upset about what's not happening, um, you know, and and make big deals and and find things to hate about what's not happening, right? And and you know, learn to take all the specifics and and you know, gradually move them back to the. The, the place in the mind where we can generalize and say, oh, yeah, I can apply this to everything. Wow, what a concept. So, anyway, well, that's pretty much what I had pulled out. I mean, I, I, I literally, you know, with all those hundreds of references to hate, I could probably go through a bunch of them, but, the, uh, you know, if you want to, well, why don't I just pick one of them? Let me, let's see here. <laughs> let's find one of them. Oh, here, here we go. Here, here, here's one that here's one of the synonyms. Uh, bother. Um, this is uh, uh, chapter eight, section eight, and paragraph six. Uh, sickness is a way of demonstrating that you can be hurt. It is a witness to your frailty, your vulnerability, and your extreme need to depend on external guidance. The ego uses this as its best argument for your need for its guidance. It dictates endless prescriptions for avoiding catastrophic outcomes. The Holy Spirit, perfectly aware of the same situation, does not bother to analyze at all. See, I was doing plenty of analysis, but I think I, I let go of the, the need to analyze it more quickly, you know, using a specific example. Um, and it says, if the data are meaningless, uh, there is no point in analyzing them. The function of truth is to collect information that is true. So that that's helps us to generalize, right? Any way you handle error results in nothing. The more complicated the results become, the harder it may be to recognize their nothingness. But it is not necessary to examine all possible outcomes to which premises give rise in order to judge them truly. Seems like that's kind of tying into the, the generalization idea. I would say being squeezed by a semi is a pretty catastrophic outcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, 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 I was thinking my guardian angels, believe me, I, there's, there's plenty of that going on. Yeah. <laughs> there, do you know the planes, trains, and automobiles? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great film. Steve Martin and John Candy oh, yeah, yeah, get yeah, yeah. squeezed yeah, yeah. <laughs> with two semis. I'm going to have to watch that again. Yeah, that, was, that was a fun one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really. 
Well, um, on that note, I, I don't have a closing meditation, but maybe, maybe we just, uh, just I'll just read the, the last little uh, italicized sentence there. God is the love in which I forgive you. And, and, and we're forgiving ourselves for, for um, you know, believing that hate is possible, right? So, yeah. Anyway, thank you all and uh, have, a, have a great, great evening and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Bruce. Thanks, 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 Bruce. Thanks,